MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is a look ahead, ladies and gentlemen. We've got three hours of fun coming up right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. As we know, a lot going on tonight in the world of sports. Wound up seeing things just go final in Los Angeles. So, We'll get you caught up on that in a second. Thursday Night Football wound up going down. So, going to give you guys a little bit here in the first hour just on what wound up happening with Colts versus Jets. Also, take a look at the AFC Futures Board a little bit later on in this hour. And in this hour, for those of you guys out here on the West Coast, it'll be 10.30 p.m. Pacific time. For those of you guys that are out there on the East Coast, 1.30 a.m. We're going to have Pam Maldonado on. We're going to be looking at this weekend of college football. Got some great games going to be hitting a little bit on the Big Ten. So that is going to be a whole lot of fun. As you guys know, my namesake on this on this network in general is Hoops. So that means that I am obliged to give you guys a little bit on college basketball. Going to be hitting that in the second hour. Going to give you guys a preview of the SEC. Probably give you guys another conference preview as well. So be on the lookout for that. And we're going to have a fun three hours, ladies and gentlemen. But... Let's get started with what we wound up just seeing out there in Los Angeles. Game literally went final seconds before I wound up coming on to this show as you've got the Thunder. They wind up taking down the Lakers by kind of 107 to 104. And if you've been taking unders in the NBA thus far, it has been highly, highly profitable as 
right around 63 to 64% of games have gone under for the season in the NBA. This is another one of those games that winds up diving under. Total winds up coming in, starting at 217.5 on the open, closes in a lot of places, right around a 214.5. I know that our wonderful producer, Jason, was un. Fortunately, unable to get there on his live slash second half under, but full game winds up going under, and the Lakers, they were without LeBron James in this one. You wound up seeing the line plummet a little bit, wound up starting out right around 13-ish. You wind up, wound up having a little bit of something different, give or take, as I think that this wound up peaking right around 14 to 14 and a half, but Lakers wind up losing this one outright to an Oklahoma City Thunder team that, let's face it, this is not the Oklahoma City Thunder team of a few years ago and if you take a look at just fading teams in the NBA in general that have been shall we say highly touted coming into the year the Milwaukee Bucks are reigning champs they've gotten off to a little bit of a slow start the Brooklyn Nets have not necessarily been doing the world's greatest job of covering spreads if you've been fading those teams and taking unders it has been going very very well for you but this is a team that depending on your number they may have gotten there Depending on your number, it might have been a push. That would be the Suns taking on the Houston Rockets. This is one that just wound up going final a few minutes ago as well. The Suns were able to take down the Houston Rockets by a count of 123 to 111. This is one of the few games that wound up going over the total. As a matter of fact, I believe that this is the only game that wound up going over in general for the NBA on this night as... The total wound up closing a lot of places anywhere between 220 and 220 and a half. So the Suns were certainly able to do their part on this one. So Phoenix able to get it done there. And obviously many of you guys wound up watching the big Thursday night football game, in which you wound up just having a lot go down. And the Indianapolis Colts, as expected, they were able to get it done. A team that they wound up having the line teeter-totter a little bit throughout the week. I know that on close in a lot of places, this wound up closing at a 10. You saw quite a few 10 and a half throughout the week as well, but didn't matter if you had 10, didn't matter if you had 10 and a half. The Indianapolis Colts, they get the win by a count of 45 to 30, and they wound up reaching that total all by themselves. Wound up opening right around 44, closes anywhere between 45 and 45 and a half. So certainly you wound up seeing the Colts do some good work there, but if you're a fan of the Indianapolis Colts, no question, have to be very encouraged by the offense. Took a couple weeks for Carson Wentz and Frank Wright to be able to recapture, shall we say, some of the magic that they wound up having while they were with Philadelphia, but no question, looks like Carson Wentz is returning to his old form, and if you wound up having the all-purpose yards prop of Jonathan Taylor, well, Mr. Taylor wound up doing... Just an absolutely tremendous job for this Colts team. 19 carries, buck 72, winds up giving you a pair of touchdowns. He no doubt was able to go over on that prop. If you wound up having Michael Carter at 48 and a half, it was a sweat. It was very, very much a sweat, but he was able to just barely get there. As in this game, you wound up seeing Mike White go 7-11, so he is always open to giving you a little bit of production. You wound up playing, playing his player prop, though, well, that was a little bit of a tougher one as this one winds up going under as he is relieved by Josh Johnson. And for Josh Johnson, if you take a look at this guy's Wikipedia page, you're going to find like 100 million billion teams. He wound up playing in the Alliance of American Football League, the good old AAF. I think that he wound up having a stint in the XFL as well. He has played for 13 different organizations. If there's one guy that you... Could see maybe playing for all 32. 
Get him on the Green Bay Packers. Get him on all these teams. Well, that might be Josh Johnson, but 27-41, three touchdowns and an interception. Give him a little bit of credit. This is a Colts defense that coming into the year, I thought that with guys like Quiddy Pay and company, that they would be a little bit more rock solid than what they were, but certainly was not the case. But when you take a look at this game in general, has been a little bit of an outlier of what we've seen a lot in the NFL in general. I was talking about how we're seeing a nice undertrend when it comes to when it comes to the NBA, we're seeing an undertrend really in terms of all sports. We've seen quite a few games wind up going under when it comes to the NHL, college football, about 53.5 to 54% of games overall this year have wound up going under the total. And overall this season, if you take a look at it in the NFL, if you've just been betting the under and the under only, you've been able to do a relatively rock solid job. Now you've got 67 unders to 55 overs overall in the NFL this year. So started out a little bit above 55% coming into the day. Now it is just below 55%. So it has been something that is very profitable. And in the next segment, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about the AFC Futures Board because the Colts are coming on relatively strong. Bunch that wound up having just a bad year or bad start to the year to say the least. They've been able to really start to emerge. They have now won three out of their last four games. It certainly helps when in that stretch, you wind up taking on a 49ers team that is in all sorts of disarray with their quarterbacking situation when they wind up playing them. You wind up losing a close one to the Titans, and then the Jets and the Texans are no question. Teams are able to get you right for the AFC South in general. It does still look like the Tennessee Titans are the class of this division, but the Indianapolis Colts are going to be trying to compete for one of those wild card spots. But when it comes to just everything that we've been seeing in the NFL in general, we are seeing some of these teams that they do have good ground games. They have been able to take over. I mentioned it with Jonathan Taylor tonight. He was able to have himself an absolutely monstrous night. You're going to be seeing it later on this week with Derrick Henry being out for the Tennessee Titans. How does that team respond? I think is a very valid question, to say the least. So I think that it is something that is becoming a little bit of a lost art. Here in the NFL, we're seeing it with the Kansas City Chiefs as well. A team that right now they're in the hunt to be able to make the postseason at 4-4, four four, but we have seen the imbalance of their team really become less and less because in past years, the Chiefs haven't necessarily ran the ball a lot. This year, they're running the ball in fewer than 30% of their plays. Now, a little bit of this is dif- dictated by the fact that they have been down in more games than they have been in the past, but... It certainly is something that I think is really worth noting. So you've got a lot that's going on there. And when I speak of Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry and his injury, I no question it's going to be a big shakeup when it comes to the NFL. So we're going to be hitting on a lot of those futures odds. When it comes to the first hour, we're going to be hitting on the AFC since it is topical. You wind up having Thursday night football go down with the Colts and the Jets, but in the back half of the show as well. Going to be taking a look at the NFC because no question what has been happening with Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers, and company. That is something that is worth noting. But with the NFL in general, you've got a lot that is happening, to say the least. And you've got to be staying up on it because unders have been doing well. We have also just been seeing a lot of these teams be a little bit disjointed when it comes to injuries as well. So we're going to keep you guys up to date there. And when it comes to college football as well, because you wound up seeing the Thursday night football game out there in the NFL, but you wound up having one college football game as well. This is another game that wound up going under the total as you wound up having the good old Raging Cajuns of Louisiana. Many of you guys may know them as Louisiana Lafayette. They prefer to be called Louisiana, gosh darn it, but they get it done 
against Georgia State for the outright win by a count of 21 to 17. Another game that harmlessly falls under the total as this one closed in a lot of spots right around a 53 and a half though. Louisiana, they were laying in a lot of spots right around a 13 and a half, right around that critical number of a 14 and they were unable to get the job done in this spot as you wound up seeing both teams really being able to buckle down on defense. And I think that it's really something that you're able to take from a lot of your handicap. I'm someone that I do a lot of college basketball. Certainly have to factor in the fact that you're going to have fans in the stands. That winds up in in that winds up affecting free throw shooting. That winds up affecting just the way that a team has it set in general. And I was talking about this a little bit with the gentlemen behind the scenes that do an absolutely terrific job. Guys like Jason. I know that Taylor is setting me up when it comes to audio. You've got Oliver, all these guys. Nick Wells, our good friend back there. I was talking with all these guys that it doesn't matter necessarily if it's a ruckus crowd or not. Just any sort of a disturbance when it comes to trying to call out plays when it comes to trying to implement audibles. It is all something that I think you need to take a look at when it comes to your handicapping because it is something that we're seeing just with regards to all sports across the board that we are seeing this big giant undertrend. Heck, even in the World Series, you wind up seeing the Atlanta Braves close it out in Game 6 against an Astros team that they weren't able to score at all in that game as well. So you wound up seeing another under there. And when it comes to Louisiana, Montrell Johnson wound up having himself a big game in this one. 17 carries, 98 yards, not one, but two touchdowns on the ground. So we saw a little bit of everything Thursday night in the world of sports. Now we've got to take a look forward as to what it all means. So coming up next right here on the look at as I am Greg Peterson filling in for Scott Seidenberg. Going to be taking a look at the AFC Futures Board. Taking a look at where there might be a little bit of value when it comes to the divisions and the conference in general. That's next right here on the look at on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. 
Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the Look At is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no more batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so that way you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That is ZYN.com slash find warning. This is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the look at it is myself, Greg Peterson, filling in for Scott Seidenberg tonight. In 15 minutes, we're going to be having Pam Maldonado does a great job taking a look at all forms of football. We're going to be taking a look at Saturday's big college football games. Going to be taking a look at a couple out there in the Big Ten, a couple teams that have some playoff implications. So we're going to be having some fun with that and A conference game that is going to be ruled as a non-conference game. We're going to get you guys caught up on that. So that is your tease there. But I was talking about it a little bit earlier. The fact that you've got just a little bit of fascination when it comes to the AFC in general, when it comes to the odds board, because we did wind up seeing the Tennessee Titans be able to get the job done against the New York J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets on Thursday Night Football. And, well, if they wouldn't have, that would have been a little bit of a surprise as the Colts were able to get that done by a count of 45 to 30. But you take a look at everything that we've got right now when it comes to just futures in general. And 
I think that it is really a game changer that you're going to have Derrick Henry out for the year because if you're looking for a non-quarterback that was most influential to their team in general, I would have to put number one Derrick Henry because obviously you've got some good wide receivers. Michael Thomas being out for the year, that is going to be hurting the New Orleans Saints. No fans or buts about that, but when you just take a look at a guy that winds up carrying the ball 25-plus times, a guy that you're able to bank on for not just 100 yards, but well over that because in Derrick Henry was on pace for over 2,000 yards. That is certainly going to be a little bit of an influencer. As a result, out there, odds to be able to win the AFC. You're finding the Tennessee Titans at DraftKings at at right around 11-1. to Their odds to be able to win the Super Bowl. That's more like a 22-1, to but... I mean, there's just no taking the Tennessee Titans at this point, unless if you wind up being able to look at this team and you like what you see with Ryan Tannehill. Now, Ryan Tannehill is someone that I do think winds up getting a little bit of short shrift. I think that he is a relatively solid quarterback, but we've seen a lot of his best work wind up coming when he wound up having Derrick Henry out there, which means that <clears throat> which means that you're just going to have a little bit of a disjointed offense in general. When it comes to how they're going to be probably trying to reacclimate to that end. As you're seeing it right now, the Tennessee Titans still minus 2,000 to be able to win that NFC South. And that's certainly something I wouldn't be taking under normal circumstances. And the Colts at plus 900. They are going to need to climb out of a little bit of a hole. But seeing what I wanted seeing tonight, the fact that they've been able to win three out of four games. There might be a little bit of sneaky value on the Indianapolis Colts because... This is a bunch that we have seen Cole, we have seen Carson Wentz along Frank Wright be able to do a solid job of being able to just develop something. We saw that when they were with the Philadelphia Eagles a few years ago, and many people forget prior to the injury, and Carson Wentz has not been the same ever since he wound up having that injury in Los Angeles a few years ago, but he was darn near an MVP candidate prior to him going down with the injury. It looked like he was going to be able to maneuver the Philadelphia Eagles for a big postseason run. As we know, there was a big postseason run for the Eagles. They wound up winning the Super Bowl that year with Nick Foles at the helm, so they no question wound up having the talent around them. And you take a look at this Colts team, it's not like they've got a shortage of weapons either. You've got Jonathan Taylor, who I wound up hitting on a little bit earlier, went over pretty much all of his props. Buck 72 on the ground, was able to give the team a pair of touchdowns. He now becomes, because you wind up having Derrick Henry out of the full, by far the best running back in this division. You've been dealing with a little bit of ailment to T.Y. Hilton. He has been out for a couple games, and he's just been off and on injured. It's been really unfortunate for him with the Colts, but even without him, Michael Pittman Jr., someone that I really do like his game in general. Naheem Hines was able to have a touchdown for the Colts in this one as well, so... You've got a lot of guys that Carson Wentz is able to work with, and I do think that the defense, as I mentioned a little bit earlier in the first segment, a little bit of a concern, but you still have a lot of guys that are very solid when it comes to the secondary. Xavier Rhodes has been a little bit banged up. They've been dealing with Nick Nelson out with injury as well, but Rocky Sin was someone that was pretty highly picked a few years ago in the draft, and then you've got that front seven that is headlined by Quiddy Pay along with DeForest Buckner, so I do think that they're going to be able to rein it in a little bit more, and it's just so interesting when you wind up taking a look at teams when they wind up having to face off against a quarterback that they weren't prepared for because, as we know, when it came to the Jets, well, you wind up having a little bit of a switcheroo to start with with White getting the start, and then you wind up having Josh Johnson come in, and you can give a lot of credit to Josh Johnson and the way that he wound up playing. You probably wind up knocking the Colts a little bit because 
to wind up giving up north of 300 yards and three touchdowns to Josh Johnson, who didn't even wind up playing the entire game. That's not something that you want, but at the same time, it was a little bit of a different look from the Jets end. I do think that Salah is actually a very good coach for the Jets. He's just been handed a little bit of a bad hand when it comes to personnel in general. So you could look at that a wide variety of ways, but it certainly was a win and a cover for the Colts, which if you're someone that wanted betting on this game, that's all that you are concerned about. But when it comes to moving forward, I think that when it comes to the AFC, the top team is right now the team that is shortest on the odds board to be able to win the conference. That would be the Buffalo Bills. But you've just got a little bit of, for lack of a better term, meh. I wish I wound up having a little bit more of a professional term, but you just take a look at these conferences in general. The Buffalo Bills, they're running and hiding away with the AFC East. No fans are butts about it. I feel like that one is pretty much in the bank. And then you take a look at the other divisions, and you've got the AFC North, which right now you've got the Baltimore Ravens as a favorite, but who knows what's going to happen with the Cleveland Browns now that we've seen all of this drama happen with OBJ because when... The Browns were able to make the postseason last year. It was, by and large, without Odell Beckham Jr. in the fold. You notice that Baker Mayfield, when he wound up getting back, wasn't necessarily the same quarterback. So it is really interesting. And the Browns have plus 650 to be able to win the AFC North. Now, I know that what's happened the last few days is not necessarily what you want to see, but this is a Browns team that they were able to heat up late Last year, they've been dealing with a little bit of injury to Nick Chubb as well. Having a bill, clean bill of health for Nick Chubb, I think, is very important because I was talking about top running backs in the NFL, top running backs in the AFC in general. It completely changes when you wind up having Derrick King Henry out for the season for the Tennessee Titans. And I would consider Nick Chubb to be one of the better running backs that you're able to find out there in the NFL. And you just take a look at the Browns' schedule as well. They've got a couple great cream puff teams that are going to be coming up in week 11 you've got the game against the lions now they're going to need to win that game on the road against the baltimore ravens if they want to be able to take the this division that is going to be very important but you also take a look at what they've got in week 17 and week 18 the steelers and the bengals games those are going to be massive because i think that mike tomlin is doing a really good coaching job right now with the steelers he doesn't necessarily have the horses that you'd expect i was very surprised that the steelers did not wind up addressing their offensive line needs a little bit more than they want doing in the offseason but he's still been able to get the most out of this team so it's going to be Probably, in my opinion, when it comes to the AFC, the most competitive division because you've got another division that has a lot of wide openness as well. When it comes to the AFC West, you've got the Chargers that are currently finding themselves as a short shot at plus 140. And then you've got the Chiefs who are still at plus 190, which I recognize that this is a team that has been to back-to-back Super Bowls, but it's really tough to be able to necessarily hit your wagon to them. You've got a Raiders team that they're 5-2. and two, They're at plus 275. They've been playing inspired football the last few weeks, but as we know, Henry Ruggs' situation, something that you just don't wish upon any team. You just wish that things were a little bit different for the Raiders right now. You wish that that situation just did not wind up happening in general, but it is what it is. You have to move on with it. And when it comes to the Broncos, at 16 to 1, the fact that they wind up trading away Von Miller, the fact that they wind up being, for lack of a better term, sellers at the deadline because we use that a lot more. When it comes to the MLB, the NFL trade deadline just is not as heated in general. But the fact that they wind up selling off their pieces, including Von Miller, that causes you to be very bearish on them. But you take a look at just this AFC in general. I do think that the Bills are rightfully the short shot. But when it comes to the Chargers, I do think that there's a little bit of hidden value there. And when it comes to the Raiders, I would not want to be betting 
pretty much anything for or against them this week because you're trying to play sort of, for lack of a better term, the armchair psychologist because you just don't know how a team is going to respond to everything that has happened the last few days. They are going to be without Henry Ruggs, but as we know, a lot of guys, when they are given an opportunity, regardless of the circumstances, they try to seize it in any way humanly possible, and you've got to feel like there's going to be a little bit of a try to win this one for all that are affected sort of things as well with the Raiders. And at the same time, you got to feel like there are a couple of guys that are going to be a little bit distracted as well. So it's really a tough call there. What is an easy call? Knowing who to get some good college football insights from Pam Maldonado. She does a great job over there with Yahoo Sportsbook and so many other platforms. She's going to be joining me next right here on The Look At on VSIN. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. The sports betting national championship is coming up this week, and VSIN is going to provide all the coverage of the main event, including live on location updates for all the action. Visit vsin.com/sbnc for more information and to learn how you can enter for a chance to test your skills and win cash, including the $1 million top prize. That is vsin.com slash sbncs. It is the look at, I am not Scott Seidenberg, I am Greg Peterson, and where you can typically catch Pam Maldonado doing great work over there with Yahoo Sports. She also does a podcast of her own. It is the Stack of Stats podcast. She does a great job covering a little bit of everything football. Also does a great job with tennis as well. And Pam, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Another week of great football to look forward to. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And what is absolutely amazing, in my opinion, is the fact that this is labeled a non-conference game. We've got Wake Forest versus North Carolina, a North Carolina team that I think we both agree we expected a little bit more from. And then you've got a Wake Forest bunch that they've come out of nowhere. They've become a top 10 team, a team in which they wind up going undefeated. Who knows what happens when it comes to the college football playoff, but Got a relatively tight line on this one with North Carolina finding themselves as a sure favorite at home, mostly two and a half across the board. How do you wind up taking a look at this one? Because when it comes to North Carolina, it feels like they've got a lot of talent that they haven't been able to put together. Meanwhile, for Wake Forest, mm-hmm. it's been just such a fascinating year for them in that they haven't played the world's greatest competition, but they've just overcome every obstacle that has been put in front of them. And yet, they're underdogs. (laughs) I love two plays in this game. I'm looking at North Carolina, minus two and a half at home. A short favorite. And the under 75 and a half, which may shock some people. But North Carolina, they they kind of do have a defense here. And it's perhaps being overlooked in this situation. Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman, 10th in passing yards, 22 touchdowns on the season. But the Tar Heels, they are top 50 in passing yards allowed. The big difference here is that Wake Forest, a one-dimensional passing offense. North Carolina, they can do damage both in the passing game and on the ground. Top 30 in in rushing yards and in yards per carry. You have running back Ty Chandler, who leads the team in rushing yards. And then you have a dual quarterback, a dual-threat quarterback in Sam Howell, who is 100 yards short of RB1. You combine the two and tell me this is not a great situation to keep the keep the offense on the ground, keep slow down the pace, and keep the ball out of the hands of Hartman. And if you look at Wake Forest against mobile quarterbacks, against Syracuse, they won by three. That was at home. 
against Louisville. They also won by three, also at home. And now you're traveling on the road with a dual threat offense that can pass and is smart enough to keep the ball on the ground. And Howell at home, a different beast. He's a different quarterback at home. 15 touchdowns, three interceptions. Howell on the road, four touchdowns, four interceptions. I like North Carolina, and if they're smart enough to keep the ball out of Hartman's hands, the under on such a high, high total. And Sam Howell wound up coming into the year with so much Heisman aspirations. Certainly has not been able to live up to it this year with North Carolina, and I am right there with you when it comes to the under because we've just been seeing it in college football. We've seen it in the NFL. We've seen it in the NBA. whole bunch of unders just in every major sport. So right there with you. Very high total there, and this is a game in which it's going to have a significantly lower total. You've got Illinois heading on the road to face off against Minnesota. It's been a very interesting Minnesota team. They wound up having, in my opinion, one of the worst losses that you're ever going to find for a top 25 team. They wound up losing at home to Bowling Green, but they've been able to right the ship ever since then as you're now finding Minnesota between a 15 to a 15 and a half point favorite. You're seeing a couple straight 14 and a half out there as well, but if you're getting the 14 and a half, you're most likely laying a little bit of juice. What do you like in this game? Because I know this is one that you have been really taking a deep dive on the last few days. I rarely take favorites, so if I do, it must mean that I really like it. I like Minnesota at home. I like to attack teams that are one-dimensional offenses, and that's exactly what Illinois is. They're a run-only team, and if you're going to be one-dimensional, then you better be great at it, and Illinois is not. They're 51st in running yards, in rushing yards, and the Golden Gophers are 7th best in rushing yards allowed, while Minnesota themselves are top 15 team for rushing offense. And Illinois is the bottom half of the FBS against the run. This is just a huge mismatch situation. The Minnesota Golden Gophers, they're top 55 in points per play, red zone scores, touchdown scored. And Illinois, complete opposite, bottom 15 in all scoring categories. While you have uh, P.J. Flack's team, who just got his contract extended, by the way, they are top 20 in opponent red zone scoring attempts, scores, and touchdowns allowed. I don't see how Illinois puts up any points here. They have scored 14 points or less in two of their last three road games, while Minnesota has allowed 16 points or less in five of its last six. Yes, you were talking about Bowling Green, but they have rebounded, and they've rebounded strong since. Oh, I'm right there with you. And when it comes to Illinois, we all remember... They wound up playing a nine-overtime game that wound up going under. That's the first time we've ever been able to say that. So it certainly has not been going great for the (laughs) Illinois offense, really. Ever since week zero against Nebraska, it has been a little bit of a rough go of it for Illinois. And this is going to be one of fascination as well out there in the Big Ten. You've got Michigan State coming off of that massive win against their interstate rival in Michigan. They wind up going on the road against a Purdue team that... They have been topsy-turvy, to say the least. They wind up getting that big win against Iowa. That win is most likely a little bit more diminished because now Iowa's really been hitting the skids a little bit, and then they follow that up with a loss against Wisconsin. And now you've got a Michigan State team that they are laying three points on the road against Purdue. Really fascinating spot, in my opinion. I'm not sure what you wind up having for this one, but I take a look at Michigan State. I've been very impressed by them, and I think that this is going to be a game of which it feels like it could go really one of two ways, but I favor Michigan State here a little bit. I kind of favor Purdue <laughs> on plus three. I think this is a perfect line. By far, this is going to get the most attention because you have Heisman contender Kenneth Walker the third, who's now leading in the Heisman odds. 
So this, this line is probably a perfect line. It could very well land on three to either team. But the Boilermakers are 14th in passing yards, led by a two-quarterback system with Aiden O'Connell, who has nine touchdowns, eight interceptions. I wish they would play Jack Plummer more, who has seven touchdowns, zero interceptions. He didn't play against Nebraska, and now you have Michigan State, who's the second worst, hard to believe, second worst in passing yards allowed in the FBS. And all the attention, as mentioned, is Heisman contender Kenneth Walker III. When is he? This Michigan State, though, they just keep finding ways to win. That is why they're so good against the spread. But Purdue, they're a very sneaky team. We saw them knock off Iowa, and they can come out and play. They got stomped by Wisconsin. That's a run-only team, another run-only team. So hey, this could go either way. It's If they have a great quarterback day, then they can contend. If you're throwing interceptions, it's over. <laughs> Oh, yeah. When you wind up throwing interceptions, it doesn't matter who you are. Those are just spread killers, to say the least. And I'm so glad that you mentioned the fact that you do think that three is a relatively good line for this game because I think something that's so critical because we always harp on it in the NFL. It doesn't get as much love in college football, but taking critical numbers is big. Now, when it comes to this Michigan State versus Purdue game, it really doesn't matter where you're shopping. I am seeing three across the board no matter where it is. But if you wind up seeing a little bit of a line move, if you're someone that you wind up liking Purdue, this winds up getting up to three and a half the day of the game. That's when you want to strike, in my opinion, because this is right now a game in which if you like it one way or the other, you probably want to try to feel it out, try to get a little bit more of a gauge as to where the market is going to be going for this one in case you wind up either A, getting a two and a half if you wind up liking Michigan State, which I frankly don't think is going to wind up happening but if you wind up liking Purdue maybe mm -hmm. you just wait until kickoff maybe you are able to get that three and a half and that winds up taking a push and makes it a win absolutely and I would also suggest that if you do like Purdue I would just take it straight up on the money line there you're not winning for games that are spread so low with threes and below more often than not these small dogs are winning outright instead of doing both the spread and a smaller amount on the money line just take the dog on the money line, and it's a less of a risk, and it's for a more reward, and it's not going to happen too often. And if it, they are covering the game here, more than likely they're winning outright. Yep, I do think that you've got such a good point there. We have been seeing a lot of underdogs wind up winning outright on the money line, and home underdogs, it just feels like it's that way in both forms of football, NFL, college football. They do provide a whole lot of value. And someone that always provides a lot of value, you, Pam, really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me on this Thursday evening. Or if you're out there on the East Coast, Friday morning. Friday morning. Happy morning, y'all. <laughs> yes, it is always that awkward time in which I'm out here on the West Coast. So we still got about an hour and 20 or so minutes left of Friday or left of Thursday, I should say. And if you're out there on the East Coast, it is Friday, but to Pam's point, I do think that it is something that is very beneficial when you wind up seeing a lot of these short underdogs, and I wind up doing it a lot in co in college basketball as well. Instead of maybe taking like two, two and a half points, you wind up taking the money line, you wind up being able to get a little bit of a plus, plus price because even if that two and a half would get barbecued, you wind up losing that game by five. It doesn't sound like a much, but... To avoid losing the minus 110 juice and send you wind up making it even money, that is actually a little bit of something that you always want to factor in as well. All about just trying to find those little ways to cut down on the 52.3-ish percent that you need to be able to break even. But we're looking to make some money here. Coming up next, we're going to be talking a little bit more about what we wind up seeing on this Thursday. That is right here on The Look At, right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, We've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN midseason football special is here. For only $99, you get everything VSIN has to offer from now until the end of the NFL playoffs. Daily best bets emails, 24 7 video streaming, betting splits for every single sport. 
point spread weekly, plus in-depth analysis and analysis on vcin.com and the upcoming College Hoops betting guide. I wonder what we're working on that. This great deal is only $99 for the rest of the football season. Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. You can expect that college basketball betting guide sometime in the next few days. I want to Writing up a little bit of everything on all 358 D1 teams. And for those that are wondering, that's not the normal number of D1 teams. Well, there was one added. The St. Tommy, the St. Thomas Tommies, who were out there at the D3 level. They were a part of the MIAA. That stands for Minnesota Intercollegiate Athletic Association. They have made the move up to D1, and we are looking forward to them pounding Chicago State next Tuesday. So we're going to have some fun with it as it is a look at it is Greg Peterson filling in for Scott Seidenberg, and we wound up talking some college football in that last segment with Pam Maldonado. Does a great job over there with Yahoo. So big thanks to her. She also does the Stack of Sacks podcast. So give that a little bit of a follow. Give that a subscribe. And taking a look at college f- football that we're going to be having for tonight, we've got a pair of games that are going down on a Friday night between Virginia Tech, Boston College, Utah, and Sanford. We'll dive into those in a second. First things first, if you wind up taking the Thursday night college football game, because we know that there was an NFL game, but there was also a college football game as well out there in the hashtag Fun Belt, Louisiana. They wound up getting the win. They did not wind up getting the cover. 21 to 17 as they were laying in a lot of spots right around 13 and a half points. Total range between 53 and a half and 54. Wound up seeing another under as I was talking about a little bit earlier. We've just seen unders in pretty much all sports be doing really well. This is another game that winds going under the total as it wound up going pretty harmlessly under the total as well. But Louisiana able to get the outright win. So they are continuing to be able to rack up wins out there in the Sun Belt after they wound up having a little bit of a tough start to the year against Texas. But you take a look at the two games that we got for Friday. Virginia Tech going to be on the road against Boston College, and they're finding themselves as a road favorite. Actually, both games are going to be featuring a road favorite. We do not know what the FCS line is going to be. You've got also a Princeton versus Dartmouth game every single Friday. You wind up getting some random Ivy League game, which I always think that those are a lot of fun, but Virginia Tech right now across the board. You're finding them as a three-point road favorite. Total on this game, you're going to be getting it anywhere between a 47 to a 47 and a half and it's an interesting spot, to say the least, because when it comes to the ACC, Wake Forest, strangely, has really established themselves as the top team in the conference right now. As we know, the demise of Clemson has been really bad. And take a look at Virginia Tech. I was expecting a little bit more out of this program this year. They've lost three out of their last four games now. A little bit of a tough, little bit of a tough stretch as Pittsburgh has been able to do a good job. You've had Kenny Pickett emerge as a Heisman candidate. He's a little bit down there on the odds board, but he's been putting up some absolutely amazing numbers. But when you took a look at Virginia Tech coming into the season, you figured that after they wound up getting that win against then number 10 North Carolina, that this would be a team that would be able to do a little bit of something. But really, ever since then, it's been a rough go of it to say the least and this is a team that they just haven't played a lot on the road in general last week they won on the road they were able to get the win against Georgia Tech they wound up playing on the road against West Virginia they wound up losing that game and that is about it so I do think that this is something that you do need to take into account a little bit with regards to your handicap the fact that Virginia Tech hasn't necessarily had to go to a real road environment too much this year meanwhile you take a look at Boston College and they got off to a 4-0 start and they have lost four games ever since then. This is a case in which a Boston College Eagles, they wound up playing 
shall we say, a not-so-seller out-of-conference schedule. You play against the Colgate Raiders, and the best thing that Colgate is known for is toothpaste. That is not necessarily the team that you want to be leading off your season with. And then from there, they wind up knocking off the UMass Minutemen, and if you ever see, like, the bottom 10 list of college football, UMass, squarely on all of those lists. From there, they wind up hitting the road. They wind up knocking off Temple. Temple does not have Matt Rules or coach anymore. That is not great. And then they wind up taking down Missouri. And Missouri's team that has as many covers so far this year as myself against the spread. So it's not necessarily what you want. But take a look at both of these teams. And I like the under a little bit here. I recognize that the total is really low. But ever since conference competition has started up for Boston College, this is a team that they have scored 14 points or fewer in every one of their games. I mean, it's been putrid, and the defense hasn't necessarily been too bad. They did wind up lighting up 28 points a few weeks ago against Louisville, and that was really one of their worst performances. They've actually been able to hold up when it comes to the passing game, a passing game that for Virginia Tech is a little bit suspect, to say the least. I do think that you're going to have Rex and Burmeister do a good job of not turning the ball over. That's really been his MO. He's been doing a lot of checkdowns. Not a guy that is necessarily going to go out there and give you those explosive plays, but at the same time, a little bit of a game manager. I think that that's the best way to be able to put it here. And then when it comes to Virginia Tech, as we know, this is a team that they've had a little bit of a history of being able to get things going on the ground game, but they don't necessarily have that one dominant rusher on this team either. So I take a look at this spot, and I think that the three is about right. We were talking about this with Pam. If you wind up seeing a little bit of late line movement, if you wind up seeing this, go to like a two and a half for Virginia Tech. If you wind up seeing this, go to a three and a half with Boston College. And with this game, there's just no guarantees now. Because it is a little bit more of a standalone game, you only have two games on a Friday. Going to be one of the few games in town. You might wind up getting a little bit of late line movement, but that's what I'd be looking at there. Whichever way this line winds up moving, you try to be able to get off a critical number. You try to get the best of it. That is just something that, in general, even if it only affects the outcome of, say, one or two out of 200 of your bets, that's still a whole heck of a lot of something when you're looking to try to profit, especially long-term. So that is what I would recommend there. But I take a look at both of these offenses. They really leave a lot to be desired. And the defenses are halfway decent. I do give them a little bit of credit. Now, Georgia Tech, not necessarily the world's greatest offense, but the Hokies were able to hold them down there. They had a little bit of a tough showing against Syracuse, but even against a Pittsburgh team in which Kenny Pickett has just been mowing through defenses, they were able to hold up there. Problem was, they were able to get absolutely nothing whatsoever going on offense, but take a look at this spot. I do like the under here. And then the other game is another one that features a road favorite. You've got Utah hitting the road to face off against Stanford. And boy, this year has been interesting for Stanford. They want to pretty much putting Clay Hilton out of a job. They want to pulling off a nice upset against Oregon. And everything else has been pretty bad, to say the least, as you've got Utah, who winds up now finding themselves as a nine-point favorite. I'm seeing a couple straight A-naps out there as well. Your total on this game is 54, and I take a look at this one, and I'm going to be taking a look at another under. We've just seen it in college football in general. Right around 54-ish percent of games have been going under, and with Stanford, it's just an offense that leaves a little bit of something to be desired, and Utah is a team that has been a little bit up and down when it comes to their defense, but I do think that they're going to be able to hold up in this spot. You just take a look at Utah in general, and it's been a little bit of a topsy-turvy year for them as well, and just trying to... Make heads or tails out of anyone not named Oregon 
when it comes to the Pac-12 is really fascinating as well because everyone outside of Oregon has at least three losses. So you're looking at a lot of meh when it comes to the rest of these teams. So I do think that there is actually quite a bit of value when it comes to Stanford being able to get the points, especially with you being north of a touchdown right now because I think that a lot of early look headlines were more like a six half to a seven. So we've seen quite a line movement in this one. And you take a look at the Stanford Cardinal, a team that has liked a little bit when it comes to the ground game that is going to be hurting them a tab but I take a look at Stanford even though they're likely going to be without Tanner McKee it seems like he's a little bit questionable but it appears as though it's leaning towards him most likely being out of the fold I think that this is a Stanford team that they're going to be able to hold up on defense and I think that that's going to be really really big and they are going to be most likely with Michael Wilson in this game as well so whoever winds up being under center for Stanford they are going to have that big weapon now, they are also going to be without Elijah Higgins as well. So, you've got just a banged-up team in general when it does come to Stanford. But you take a look at things, and I do think that they're going to be able to hold up against a Utah offense that they have been a little bit hit or miss themselves. So, you've got a pair of offenses that they do have a lot of question marks in this game. You've got a Stanford team that we've seen the best of them this year. We have by far seen the worst of them, especially recently losing to Washington. That was a butt ugly game to say the least. So I think that we could see a little bit more there. And then when it comes to Utah, this is a bunch of which they've done a good job of not turning the ball over. So you've got to give them a little bit of credit there. I do think that they're going to look to the ground quite a bit in this game. Tavion Thomas has been able to do a nice job. He's already got 10 rushing touchdowns, giving you right around five and a half yards per carry, 84 plus yards in three out of the last four weeks. He was banged up in that Washington State game, which is why his numbers are a little bit lower than what you're going to be finding with a lot of these marquee running backs. But I do think that this is going to be, again, another one of these lower-scoring games. Stanford has been dealing with the bevy of injuries on the offensive side of the ball, but I do think that the defense going to be able to hold up at the point of attack. So going to be taking a look at this one under, going to be taking a look at taking some points with a home underdog. And in our number two, underdogs, they're doing pretty well in the NBA and in the NBA as well, we've been finding a whole lot of unders. We're going to take a look at what we wound up seeing on Thursday and turning it forward to Friday right here on The Look At, right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.